1: Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne covering all things Magic Basketball. by fans, four fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? The date is January 13th, 2021. My name is Jonathan Osborne. As always, I am joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. What's
2: you, uh you you drew out the uh what's going on Orlando Magic fans and it really kind of threw me off here to start but what what kind of what, what are you sipping on over there sipping on some some green tea
1: mm. not sipping on gin and juice no mm. uh, just just some green tea, green tea uh with some uh, lemon and some honey you guys have heard my you know voice has been kind of in and out the last couple of weeks I'm trying to get it right and i got a 3 year old that like just doesn't listen so I've been having to, like, unfortunately yell recently, and I don't mm. like doing that. Nobody likes yelling at their kids. But, like, tonight I told my wife before the game started, I was like, I really got to be – I got to have a few, you know, cups of hot tea and, you know, soothe the the larynx. And then my toddler is, like, getting out of bed, like, 17 times like, in the first <laughs> quarter. So – Yeah, not rough good. Rough first quarter for me tonight. We'll talk about that in a bit. but mm-hmm. uh But, yeah.
2: So – why why are we here, Jonathan? Are we are we here talking Orlando Magic basketball? What tell mm-hmm. tell the listeners so, yeah. kind of what's what's going on?
1: So yeah, part of the reason that I drew out the you know what's going on Orlando Magic fans is because uh, recently uh, when we've recorded later in the week like this, it's been for shoot the shot. So mm-hmm. we had the idea, um, you know, earlier in the year, like pretty much to uh, in the preseason before uh, the regular season started, that we were going to start um, a show that we were going to release on Fridays. That would be more focused, you know, around the NBA. We're just trying to, you know, spice things up a bit, switch it up. You know, the Magic haven't been that great, and kind of gave us a, a excuse to talk about other things that we, you know, wanted to talk about each week. We talked about, you know, some uh, some college football, some NFL, you know, betting and stuff like that, which was, you know, kind of fun. But um, yeah, you know, it just didn't really turn out the way that uh, you know, we wanted it to. You know, we didn't get the kind of engagement that we wanted and everything like that. And sometimes. When you're putting out content, you try things and and see if they work, and sometimes they don't work. And I think, uh, especially for me and Luke, um, you know, the NBA isn't really what we're passionate about. The Orlando Magic are what we're passionate about, and the community and like the listenership that we've created over the last uh, it'll be three years next month. Holy crap! Mm. But uh, you know, it's it's Magic fans, and that's what you know we we like to talk about. So um, yeah, we put a poll out on Twitter and Instagram to see. If fans you know just want one longer show each week, or if they want um, two kind of shorter episodes where we talk about um, you know the magic twice a week, and it was like sixty percent of uh, everyone that voted, we had over like over two hundred votes in total. And like sixty percent of people wanted us to you know try two shows a week, so we are are giving it a shot here, Luke.
2: You know, so first of all, shout out to the the people that do NBA shows and they only do NBA shows, right, or they just cover a broad sport. Because that's that's tough. I mean, like you said, we, we didn't see the engagement that we would have hoped for comparatively to what we see with, you know, when we do magic content. Obviously, like you said, we kind of curated this, um, you know, culture of Orlando magic fans of what listen to the podcast. That's kind of what it was built on. But shout out to those guys that, that do those kind of broad sport podcasts, because that's a competitive market. And uh, something that we learned, you know, quickly when we did shoot the shot. So a lot of respect for those people. Second thing here. When you're talking about the polls, right, you, you said we can do one longer show or we can do two shorter episodes. The people who voted for two shorter episodes are the ones that know us best, I think, Jonathan, because yeah. they know we're not probably going to go shorter than 30 minutes. And so yeah. they know it, I, they'll probably get a 45 minute episode and a 30 minute episode. Or who am I kidding? They might get two 45s a week now instead of just one They might hour. get an hour in, in a, a 45 minute ex- show depending exactly. on what happens so, during the week. I think y'all are, are getting more from us doing this two times a week. It's not like we're gonna literally cut our normal show in half. We can't stop ourselves from talking half the time. So And just to give you guys
1: kind of like a peek behind the veil or behind the curtain, you know, Luke and I both have, you know, wife and kids and, and family and you know, Kevin does and we all have busy lives and we get on here every week and we're like, Hey guys, let's try to keep this one a little bit shorter this week and we look up at the timer and we've gone like an hour, you know, hour and ten minutes. So Yeah. I mean it is what it is, but First of all, you know, just really appreciate everyone that listens and, and checks out the show, uh, you know, whether it's every week or just kind of now and then um, really, really appreciate it. So, yeah. So going forward, uh, we're going to release uh, two, you know, magic episodes a week. Still going to have, you know, the Monday show um, where and then we'll have the Thursday show. So uh, basically the Thursday show will be the games that have happened, you know, either Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And then uh, the Monday show will be the games that happened like uh, you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. So uh, we didn't want to go back to like the Monday and Friday because like Friday to you know Monday sometimes you're only gonna get one game in there or whatever. So but yeah, hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy this. So a couple of uh, just housekeeping things that we wanted to take care of really quickly. Wanted to go over that and then want to shout out all of our wonderful patrons. So um, if you guys don't know, we do have a Patreon where we have three separate tiers uh, that you can become a member and get some pretty awesome benefits. We just did a um, Orlando magic jeopardy episode uh, exclusive to our patrons. Love so if you guys want to check that out. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't as fun as uh, you know, I might've uh, liked it to be. Uh, we, we won't talk about that, but uh, yeah, if you guys mm-hmm. want to check out our jeopardy episode and future Patreon exclusive episodes, you can find us at patreoncom slash the six man show. And, Every week we shout out all of our patrons. So that's what we're going to do now. Special shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges. Welcome back. Norm L., Magic Player History, and Ulio. Really, really appreciate your guys' support. Uh, you help support the show and let
0: us do what we love to do. So really, really appreciate that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: All right, Luke, before we get into uh, the game, you might notice I did not shave before this. I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. Every time I get my hair cut, my barber says, hey, man, like I, I try to get you in and out as quick as I can. If you can just you know shave a little bit, because I have sensitive skin anyways. When he hits me with the machine shaver, I get all kinds of razor bumps and all that. So I was going to shave before we came on here, but... The Wizard like game tonight just made me feel this is how I feel. Like, I look the way that I feel right now, like crap, Man, because of that game. Mm. I don't know about that, but, you know, <laughs> I can't really grow much facial hair. So, you know, it's, it's patchy. It's, you me know, either. It's thin. You know, it, it, it is what it is. We're, you know, out here just trying to survive. So, don't hate. All right, Lucas, let's talk some magic news. So, really, big, big, big piece of magic news. So, two days ago, so Monday, it was announced that uh, Orlando Magic uh president of basketball operations Jeff Weltman and Orlando Magic general manager John Hammond both received extensions of their contracts through the 2025-2026 season. So that's like another four seasons uh after this one. So, Luke, what do you think of uh you know the extension four years uh and uh, yeah, how do you feel about it?
2: I I mean, it, it is it is the best we've had the last you know decade here basically um and i, I well deserved from them right we, we've done a deep dive in the off season on kind of the the front office the role that they've played and and the you know the things that they've hit the things that maybe they've missed on and a lot of the things that they you know the spoiler alert here is that they've hit a lot more than they've missed um what the only thing as of late that they were critical of with them is transparency And that's it. In terms of, you know, finding hidden gems, you find Franz Wagner, which was ridiculous. You find Cole Anthony at 15, which is starting to obviously become very obvious that that was a win. As we went over in the last episode, there's not that many guys in that draft that are better than Cole Anthony. So I think that they draft very well. I think that they don't lose trades. I think that this extension was well-deserved. So I just want to recap. Uh, Really briefly, we don't
1: have to go into a huge long thing, but um, 2017, uh, you know, I think it was May of 2017, John and Jeff get hired, uh, you know, after I think it was seven years of Rob Hennigan. And so your coach, Frank Vogel, you know, you've got kind of a mishmash roster, Uh, you know, they draft a rookie, Jonathan Isaac, but you've got guys like Mario Hazonia, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, Alfred Payton. Um, Nikola Vucevic, Bismack Biyombo, uh, a bunch of these guys that were kind of left over from the previous regime. So the first couple of years, John and Jeff really took the approach of, we need to sit and kind of evaluate what we have. Um, and then at that point, they, they needed to start to, you know, kind of like clean up that mess, if you will. So uh, that following off season, they ended up trading Bismack Biombo, um away uh, I believe that was uh, when they ended up getting uh, Timothy Mozgov, uh, which they um, actually later ended up uh, waving and, and stretching his contract. He actually never played for the magic. It was just always you know in the the suit street clothes. Um, that trade also brought Jerry and Grant to Orlando. I mean, you know it is what it is really the goal of that was to get off of uh, you know Bismack Biombo's contract. but then that season, the 2018 2019 season, um, you know, the Magic go on and, and make the playoffs for the first time in a, in a very long time. Drafted, you know, rookie Mo Bamba that season, um, b- well, before the season had started. Injury, you know, played, you know, rookie year. So basically when John and Jeff came in, they were given a mandate from ownership of we need to try to get back into the playoffs as soon as we can and in their second season, you know, they make the change from Frank Vogel to Steve Clifford, and you go 42-40, and 22-9 and nine over the last 31 games, and you make the playoffs. After that, they're like, okay, you know, let's see if this team can even take the next step. So, you basically, essentially just run it back. You re-sign Nikola Vucevic. You re-sign Terrence Ross that summer. Uh, it's shortened season because of COVID and everything like that, uh, but you end up 33 and 40 on the season good enough for eighth in the uh MB, in the uh, eastern conference. You lose to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in 5 just like you did the Raptors uh the year before. Then we go into last season, the 2020-2021 season. You draft Cole Anthony, you have Chuma Okiki, you know, make his debut and everything just falls apart in terms of injuries and and health. Uh, Jonathan Isaac tears his ACL in the bubble. I think it was eight games into the season. Markel Fultz tears his ACL. We have Cole Anthony that has a broken rib or uh, a fractured rib, cracked rib, whatever it was. Terrence Ross back issues the entire season. Aaron Gordon misses a bunch of time with a sprained ankle. And then at the trade deadline, you end up moving Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. In return, you get Wendell Carter, the, the pick from the Bulls, which turns into Franz Wagner, looking like a great pick. Uh, you get Gary Harris back from the Nuggets. You get another first-round pick from them, another first-round pick for the Bulls. You get R.J. Hampton. And, uh, yeah, now we kind of are where we are. You draft Jalen Suggs with the fifth pick. If you look at kind of what they were asked to do, Luke, when they first came in and the hand that they were dealt, they really haven't missed much. Uh, you can talk to I me, mean, you know, the Jonathan Simmons, uh, you know, deal wasn't – I mean, he was just bad. It wasn't a bad deal, but he just sucked he's out of the league yeah. now but they turned that into Markel Foltz forgot to mention that but for what they were dealt and what they were asked to do by management and the way that they've pivoted from that win now mode to like this rebuild which we all seem you know really optimistic about they've they've done about as good of a job as you could ask like they've knocked it out of the park sorry yeah, to go on so long
2: no you're fine so i i wanted to to kind of hop in the the time capsule here, Jonathan, and go back to the day that Weltman was hired. There's actually an article written by our boy, uh, Josh Robbins, um, who was with the Orlando Sentinel at the time. Shout out Josh, now covering uh, Washington, D.C. and the Wizards. Um, So kind of looking at this article, um, which was published here May 22nd of 2017, crazy it was that long ago, by the way, he uh, goes on to say that You know, at the NBA draft combine earlier this month, several NBA executives praised Weltman for his eye for identifying talent, but the vast majority of league insiders expected the magic to hire a big name for their president of basketball operations position. Those same insiders assumed the team would hire Cleveland Cavaliers general manager, David Griffin, or Milwaukee Bucks general manager, John Hammond. And then we ended up getting both. I mean, we, we got, you know, him and uh, John Hammond. And it goes on to say in the article Jeff here, and John, we, we named, yeah yeah definitely we ended up with old, old Griff, not not Griff, um, but but yeah, and I mean that's, and then one of the they said that like in hiring the GM, um, one of the potential candidates was Matt Lloyd, um, who we obviously know Matt Lloyd, um, so that's kind of interesting, kind of how how that all unfolded where you know guys were execs were saying yeah we think that John Hammond could get the job. And then Weltman ends up hiring him as his right-hand man. And so you still get him. And everyone at the draft combine was saying that he's got a very good eye for talent in terms of uh, Weltman when it comes to the draft, which we saw, we've seen so far, that he's got a a pretty good eye there, um, hits a pretty good percentage with those guys. Um, and he was under you know Masai Ujiri and in, in Toronto for for a few years, and they made the playoffs all those years, which the article talks about, um, and how you know Ujiri was the final decider, but Weltman had a huge hand, and the decisions that were made, and the people that were drafted, and all that kind of stuff. So pretty crazy to uh, kind of unpack everything that happened basically five years ago. Um, what is twenty seventeen? Like I said, so um, May five years will be ago, in five May. years. So. Pretty uh, pretty cool to look back on that and and kind of see where Weltman has hit. You just got to think that the time's coming, and the reason, you know, they, there's a reason they got that extension. They know that they need a little bit more time.
1: I mean, it, like the pedigree of these guys is, is pretty hard to deny. If you look back at the last four years, you know, two mm-hmm. of those NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors, John and Jeff both had huge hands in drafting and developing those teams. Right. John and Jeff in Milwaukee drafted Giannis and and you go to Toronto, you know, they've got guys there like, you know, Fred Van Vliet. And uh, I don't, I don't know if, if Jeff was there when they, uh, you know, drafted Pascal Siakam, but um, you know, they've been putting together a really good team in Toronto for years there. And uh, Jeff, who yep. was, I believe was the assistant GM at the time, um, you know, was responsible for helping put that team together. So, these guys know how to build a winner. Uh, they came in to Orlando, turned things around really quickly, made the playoffs. You know, two straight years after seven years of missing the playoffs,
2: and um, and yeah, they decided the right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. Uh, I just wanted. to – I looked it up myself here. Siakam was drafted 2016 at pick number 27. So not go. too bad for the the 27th pick in the NBA draft that year.
1: Second best player on uh, on the title. You know, win in 2019. So, yeah, so there we go. Uh, it just goes to show you these guys know what they're doing. I think they, we all kind of agree they made the right decision and kind of retooling or, you know, starting the rebuild. And in terms of like rebuilding, this team is, you know, in the first year of a rebuild, this is usually what a team looks like in, you know, like year three or four of a rebuild. So, uh, they're, they're doing pretty well. So, congrats to, to John and Jeff. Really happy about the extensions and, um, let's hope the next extension we're talking about comes after Larry O'Brien uh, in in downtown Orlando. All right, Luke, some more Magic news um, on the week. So Adam Shadoff um, on Monday at 1.30, not long after Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that uh, Orlando Magic extended John and Jeff, um, he quote tweeted Woj and said, a league force confirms this to me. Formal announcement coming later this week. I'm also told Suggs, Fultz, and Isaac." will return in the quotations, not too distant future. Later on, he says, so for clarification, Markel Fultz has been practicing with Lakeland and should be close to returning. Jalen Suggs is healing and his return depends on that. And the Magic will be very cautious with Isaac. J.I.'s return seems farther out. So it was really exciting to get that first tweet from Adam Shadoff from Fox 35. Uh, but then, like, the subsequent tweet is like, oh, well, we kind of already knew all that stuff. We knew J.I. was practicing in Lakeland. The team had already uh, announced that Jalen was kind of returning to practice in a limited fashion uh, with, like, a soft splint uh, after fracturing the thumb. And that he was the way that he responded to practice and, and treatment and everything like that was going to dictate his return. And then it is quite, quite obvious, like, the most obvious thing ever that the Magic are being very cautious with Isaac. And we all kind of figured his return. Uh, seemed a little bit further out, but then Luke today about we're recording this at ten o'clock Wednesday night about eleven hours ago. Kobe Price, new Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, uh, was in Washington. He's Kobe himself is out of health and safety protocols uh, after a little bout with COVID. There, glad to hear that he's feeling better, but he posted a couple videos to Twitter that pretty much blew up Magic Twitter today. Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac. Um, in Washington, on their floor, getting up shots at shoot-around. And then there was a second video that he posted, Markel Fultz, Michael Carter-Williams, and Etuan Moore all getting up shots during shoot-around. So thoughts on that news, and thoughts on the video, or videos.
2: I, I did not, I mean, there's, especially after the kind of the beginning of the day, right, where it says that, you know, they're, the return of Markel and J.I. are basically coming soon, um and and obviously Suggs but after that whole thing and then we were kind of like well let's dial it back a little bit we this is kind of everything we already know and then Kobe tweets out that video it just wasn't good for my health today Jonathan he he tweets out the oh. video and I'm like I mean when's it happening guys because because J.I.'s moving it's not game speed obviously he's walking speed, Luke did you notice that he's walking, he's walking? Can, can you believe can you believe it an NBA team miracle. brought him back to walking. It's crazy. So they said, um, he, obviously, they
1: literally said he would never walk again. We, I joke about that all the time. Yeah, like especially with my bad back, I'll be doing something and people are like, oh, you're back. I'll be like, well, they said I would never walk again. <laughs> they literally said, Jay, yeah, I would never walk again. But well,
2: okay. they, you have to clarify for those that don't know just that people we're on tr- Twitter, people troll we job. talked
1: about it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. You know, there yeah. was a, a two second, literally two second video. Of him taking an elongated stride in the locker room, it looked like he was to just trying to get out of, out of the frame of the video, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Man, this guy's—he's done. He's never going to walk again. He's never going to play basketball." Yeah, so so he
2: he, he was shooting basketball. jumping. He was doing more than walking. Um, he went one for four in that video, but we won't talk about it. Come on, come on.
1: <laughs> Let's—we're not about to get worried
2: over guys at shoot around. No, we're not. But some like people will. That, so then. That second video comes out, and Jonathan, there was something to be worried about in that second video. Come on. It They're, looks better. Better? It looks better. It does
1: look better. We're talking about Hill's jump shot. It is still very much a push, but mm. th- I would not say that there is a hitch. Okay. It's just he so, pushes the ball really from his face right. and ends but up at we a, pr- saw yeah, the- a decent
2: release point, but... We saw the the two on two video, whatever that was, right? Where they the in the practice gym, the practice arena, where Markel was, I think, shooting mid range. And yeah. it looked it looked good. It looked like fixed. And then we were saying in that in our group chat, like, well, to be fair, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was long range. It wasn't like it was a three. We need to see a three. I saw the three today and I was a little irritated. But he's irritated. never that's not fair. That's not fair. He was pushing. But We've that's had not how fair long? to be
1: irritated. It's not his fault.
2: The the push. That's not
1: that's not is it unfortunate? Yes. Do we need to see more than literally one corner jump shot? Yes. Is it still a push? Yes. Does that mean he can't be at least, you know, respectable? I don't think that means that necessarily. Is it quite possible that he's never going to be a thirty five percent three point shooter? Yeah, it's definitely possible. But I'm not gonna freak out over this one video. He mm. he's still an incredibly effective basketball player without the jump shot. The jump shot is just what takes him from a really high level starter, potential, you know, all star at some point, back to number one pick Mark Hill Fultz. Mm. So and we might we just might not ever get that. We mm-hmm. don't know. I still mm-hmm. think it's too early to say that. We haven't seen him in a in a game. You know, Michael Carter Williams, you know, uh, a few weeks ago was commenting on the Magic's Instagram post saying, "Man, I'm telling y'all, Markel's looking different." Let's let's give him some game action to see what exactly Michael Carter Williams meant by that. That's you know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think irritated is is not the correct response to that though. After the hopes it, that I it, set
2: I let myself down. Is it down disappointing? Here. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Say, I didn't use know, the I'm right. I'm not irritated. Verbiage. I'm just disappointed. I'm I'm not irritated, Jonathan. I'm just disappointed. Listen,
1: it, we got a, we got a long way to go. Okay, tonight. I mean, this might be a good segue into into the Wizards game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the game ended like an hour and a half ago, but tonight especially, um, like if if Cole doesn't have it going offensively, like everyone knows that, like Cole is a score first kind of. Guard. He's a score first kind of player. He's not exactly an organizer of the offense. Now, can he, you know, navigate the pick and roll and hit open guys? Yes. But he's not the calming presence and the, again, like offensive orchestrator that Markel is. And I still think Markel coming back, 35% three point shooter or not, is going to improve this team's offense. Like, it's going to be night and day. He's got the vision. He gets you know anywhere he wants on the floor. He's got the size. He's got the strength. It, it, it's going to be night and day uh, when Markel comes back. But let's let's talk about this Wizards game, Luke. Guys, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop. Do-do-tch into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever set your first new year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with our exclusive offer go to manscaped.com and use code sixth that's s-i-x-t-h for 20 percent off plus free shipping
2: and inside the performance package 4.0 you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0 this electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin the advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably.
1: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6th, S-I-X-T-H. It's New Year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. So tonight the Magic lose 106 to 112 in Washington to the Wizards. All that you need to know about this game is the Magic win the tip, okay? <laughs> they miss eight straight shots to start the game Read it. in the first minute. Read the it. first possession of this game, mm-hmm. the Magic go 0 for 8, okay? Mm. I'm just going to I'm going to give you the play-by-play of yep. the first 59 seconds of this game. Robin Lopez versus Daniel Gaffer. tip-off. Cole Anthony gains possession. Franz Wagner misses driving layup. Robin Lopez, offensive rebound. Robin Lopez misses tip shot. Magic offensive team rebound. Franz Wagner misses hook shot. Robin Lopez, offensive rebound. Cole Anthony misses layup. Cole Anthony, offensive rebound. Chuma Okiki misses layup. Robin Lopez, offensive rebound. Robin (laughs) Robin Lopez misses tip shot. Cole Anthony, offensive rebound. Cole Anthony misses 26-foot three-point jumper. Chuma Okiki, offensive rebound. (laughs) Robin Lopez misses six-foot hook shot. Spencer Dinwiddie, defensive rebound. This, I have never seen anything like this. I am pretty sure you could count on one hand the hmm. amount of times a game has started like that in NBA history with eight straight misses, seven offensive
2: rebounds by one team. There was, uh, that might have set a record for. It was impressive. It, it was impressive. It, it might have set a record for the most hook shots, uh, at least listed by ESPN in the first minute of a game, because not only did Rollo and Franz Wagner each try a, a, a hook shot, um, Spencer Dinwiddie makes a seven foot hook shot, uh, by ESPN's play by play. So it was a hook shot kind of start, and, um, it was terrible. And it really did set the tone for what we would see the rest of the game. Just terrible offense tonight. The defense wasn't much worse.
1: I mean, you get outscored sixteen to thirty-three in the first quarter. And I, I tweeted in the group chat I was like, Well, we all kind of know how this game is gonna go. We're gonna have a less bad second quarter. We'll be down, you know, by ten at the half, then we'll have a really good third quarter, we'll take the lead in the fourth, and then we'll lose the game. We had everything except taking the lead in the fourth quarter. So the Magic trimmed the the lead to nine. The Magic were down nine at halftime. Then get outscored twenty nine to thirty two in the third. That was the best quarter the Magic had um, in terms of deficit um, so far in the game. And then they outscore the Wizards thirty four to twenty eight in the fourth quarter and just kind of come up short. Like it was you know it, it was too little you know too late for the Magic and you know you end up losing. What really made me upset was like 20 seconds left the wizards get the ball back you know you're up 6 at that point you can just dribble the the clock out Montrezl Harrell goes down the other end a dunk hangs on the rim for like 4 seconds no technical foul you know magic end up losing you know 106 to 112 but i mean look i don't want to be the dead horse but you know how many times do we you know have to say this year that you know the magic don't have enough offensive creators they don't have someone that can really organize the offense uh, they can't rebound. They can't defend. Like you, you, you start the game with a seven-rebound head start, and then I think like at the end of the third quarter, it was like thirty-five to thirty-seven rebounds. The Magic were leading the Wizards. Now you end up winning the rebound battle by seven, and that's just because of that you know kind of head start that you get uh, at the beginning of the game. But Magic shoot forty-one percent from the floor, and they let the Wizards shoot. 52.4%. Cole Anthony leads all scores for the Magic with 19 points. 6 of 17 from the floor. 2 of 8 from the three-point line. The Magic desperately needed one of those threes to fall late. And then uh, Terrence Ross, 17.6 of 15. I texted you this during the game, but it's really frustrating how Terrence Ross's entire game is just predicated on how many bad shots is he going to hit tonight. And it's mm-hmm. not totally his fault. Like the Wizards were all over him, you pointed out in the first half, like how well they scouted him cuz they were just throwing like yeah. double teams at him and, and really doing a good job denying him of getting the ball. But how many times do we just have to see Terrence Ross like shoot a, you know, fading 18-foot jumper with two guys on him and just hoping and praying that it goes in cuz that's like
2: that's Terrence Ross every single night right now. Yeah, and and he to be fair, I, th- I think he thinks they're all going in because he's made a living he doing better. that. I, he, he has made a living doing that and making those difficult shots. Still 6 of 15 tonight. 3 of 6 from 3. Um, the one thing that, I mean, if Cole did nothing else tonight, he did two things well. He got to the free throw line, shot 5 out of 6 from the free throw line, and he had a double-double with 11 rebounds. 19 points on 17 shots. I wasn't excited about that. Franz Wagner, 14 points on 16 shots. Also not excited about that. Was tonight's best player Rolo with 16 and 11 and 50% from the field? I definitely think he was the the most, obviously, he was
1: the most efficient. Um, I mean, yeah. If, if you're looking at like kind of the standard that you hold certain guys to, Robin definitely came in and kind of played a bit above like his standard and what you're asking him to do. Um, on a nightly basis, seven re- seven offensive rebounds for Rolo got you know quite a few of those in that first possession, but yeah, I mean, when you have other guys that are you know scoring in double figures but are doing so like inefficiently, like going down the line, you've got Chuma ten points on nine shots, Franz fourteen points on sixteen shots, Cole nineteen points on seventeen shots, Gary fourteen points on fifteen shots, Terrence seventeen points on fifteen shots, like. You're just not going to win many games like that. And you look, you know, you look at the other side of the box score. You got Kyle freaking loser loser Kuzma over there. I almost said <laughs> Luzma Kuzma. Uh, Nineteen points on eleven shots. You know, ten rebounds, nine assists.
2: He's been, you know, he's been freaking killing the Magic. So, yeah, yeah, he has been. And I, I will say, it's impressive that the Magic missed whatever it was six or seven shots to start the game and still end up shooting forty-one point five percent from the field. I mean. They, <laughs> you take away those six shots. I mean, they they they're, they're shooting forty five, forty six percent from the field. It was eight shots. It was eight. It, it, oh, because oh, were seven rebounds. Yeah. yeah, so one well, more shot than rebounds there. So, I mean, you take that away. They're they're shooting forty five, forty six percent from the field for the game. The one thing that irritated me was that the Magic did so well in terms of taking care of the ball tonight, still lose the game because they didn't force many turnovers. Right. Wizards had 10 turnovers. The magic only had nine. I feel like I want to say they didn't have many in the second half. Um, I feel like they had more in that first half by a large margin. So, I mean, I don't know, man, it it was there in terms of like the Wizards shot 32% from three. These are the games, man, where like you're playing like a very average wizards team. They don't have Bradley Beal. I understand that like Kuzma has been playing really well as of late um, and has been doing well this year, kind of finding his role. But I just feel like you, you can't get beat by just, you know, Dinwiddie and, and Kuzma, which it just felt like the Magic did all night. Well, we should point out, you know,
1: the Magic didn't have Wendell Carter Jr. tonight. They didn't have Mo Bamba. Uh, those guys mm-hmm. usually give a, a pretty big boost um, in terms
2: of rebounding. But I feel like, you know... You could argue Rolo just played like played Dell's role. Yeah. And it, and did it well. Much, that's pretty so you're much really, what he did. You're missing Mo's presence then who, you know, it, it, you get what you get. Some nights and sometimes and you get
1: 18 rebounds. Sometimes you get five. <laughs> you just right.
2: Unfortunately, you, you, you don't really know.
1: And, and, Luke, you know, it's it's disappointing because, you know, like I think we came into the season understanding like some nights the Magic are just not going to have it offensively. Yeah. But like the last, you know, four or five seasons, it's been, oh, you know, every single night you can count on the match to play with a lot of energy and defend well. And we were told that coming into the season, you know, we were told that basically from Jamal Mosley's opening press conference, and we just haven't seen it. I mean, the team's one of the worst uh, teams in the league in terms of defensive rating. Um, and it just seems like every night it's like, oh, well, the Magic are just not really defending well tonight. I mean, who's your, your best defender uh, on the floor tonight? Like maybe Franz? And as much as I love Franz and he does have moments, he's great not an on ball defender. He's he's not quite an not a perimeter on-ball defender. Like he's right. much better as like help defender getting in the passing lanes, you know, getting deflections things like that. And it's like who do the magic really have? Like even Gary Harris who we were told was like this great perimeter defender, <laughs> I just don't see it. Like I yeah. I don't see the the lateral quickness. I you know, he's not a guy that averages you know a lot of, you know, steals per game or anything like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at uh, Gary Harris so far on the year, 0.9 steals per game. So the Magic just, uh, you know, they need more talent right now. It's it's as simple as that. And it's kind of funny, you know, every time we, we start talking about like the, the team losing, you know, especially like on Twitter or something like that, we'll always get one person that's like, oh, I don't know why we're tanking. We don't need any more like young guys on this team. It's like, yo, what, what? In what world do the Magic not want or need another top three pick? Are we yeah. looking at the same team? Like the team clearly needs another guy. Yeah. Like if you're yeah. if you're gonna wave Paolo Banquero or Jabari Smith Jr. in my face, I'm taking that all day. Like, like give me a break. And I don't know if either of those guys is like the defensive presence that we, you know, need. We're hoping that Jonathan Isaac is gonna come back
2: healthy and be that. Yeah. Do you have do you just do you have so many holes? I I I might want to to start a, a quick conversation here real quick. Um, do you have the where the magic rank defensively right now? Oh, uh, uh, in terms of like no?
1: defensive rating, I can pull it up really quickly. Um, because I, last I checked, I know it's like sub
2: 25th in the league. So it's really terrible. My question to you is, and I don't remember if we've really talked about this at least lately. Um, obviously, I'm putting you on the spot here, but it—I it, think that's something that we can kind of get 25th into. 25th like, in the league in defensive rating. Okay, so quick topic here, maybe five minutes max. If the Magic have Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz this whole season, right? I mean, obviously, just out of they—they they had torn ACLs, so like wasn't going to ever happen but with a fully healthy magic roster do you think that this team makes the play in right now they're they're 14 games Ooh, out of see, the play in spot like
1: a meme
2: yeah so but but it's a serious question because i i i really don't know i don't know i mean we're we're 14 games out are they are they 14 win difference which i, I think don't that think,
1: they i don't think they're in the play in i think they're more in like the atlanta hawks window right like outside hawks right now are 17 like four and 23 games out. yeah like mm-hmm. four games out with a, a chance like you know going into the later part of the season as the schedule lightens up to maybe right. make a run at the play-in right because um, that beginning
2: of the year schedule is obviously terrible
1: yeah so i think if everyone is healthy i think we're, we're like we're right kind of where the hawks are right now even where the hawks are like is, is kind of surprising i think so, a lot of us felt like they were going to be better than
2: 17 and 23 this year my my next question and kind of in follow up to that is as we talk about the the ripple effect of of a fully healthy roster with j i Markel from the get go this year do you think that we and your answer can still be yes do you think Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs perform the way they have this year without them being there because I think you mm-hmm. could say that the the opposite happens if you have Markel.
1: I this is this I people were like I don't want to say like memeing on me but people were like like pfft, like hip, like you have you ever seen the the Ed um like what bass master or bass master videos mm, yeah where he's like pfft, 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 yeah <laughs> like I tweeted like I don't know maybe a week ago mm-hmm. that when guys start to come back and get healthy are we not going to see Franz Wagner like kind of relegated to like a third yeah. or a fourth option again because Especially when Cole was out, he was like Mm -hmm. the only guy scoring and looked so great. It was like, man, we really have something here. But like, even since Cole has come back, we see way too many stretches of Franz, like not getting any, not even like looks, but touches down the floor. And that's really concerning. Franz is, you know, such a competitive guy. I kind of want the switch to flip in his brain of like, yo, I just need to go and get the ball and make a play right now because that's what all the great guys do. Yeah, they realize the offense is lagging, and they're like, "I'm gonna get us jump started." And Franz is the mm-hmm. guy that I definitely think you know can do that, especially if he gets a mismatch with like a slower guy on him, he's getting that yeah. euro step all day. Now, like tonight, Daniel Gafford gives the magic problems. Like he just, it's like you you have a really tough time scoring on him, which is funny because I remember him being in Chicago, and Vooch just like straight daddying Daniel mm-hmm. Gafford, like destroying the kid. He looked awful. Yeah. Um, but no, I do think that is valid. Um, you know, if Markell and JI, and this we haven't talked about this on the podcast, so let me kind of lay out. Um, you know, just my my argument with this: Cole Anthony is gonna get his looks, like he's gonna get seventeen. You know, he's gonna make sure. shot attempts, like he's gonna make sure he's gonna get his looks, and rightfully so. And then Mark and JI, when JI was, like came back in the bubble, scored thirteen points in seven minutes. We were all like, "Oh, <laughs> this is different." Right? I ain't never ever. Exactly. I never seen ever seen you <laughs> act like this before. Yeah. So, and same thing with Markell. Like, last year, like, given the opportunity, like, we saw him be a bigger part of the offense to start the year. And yeah. these are both two guys that two summers ago just signed extensions. And if Michael Carter Williams is correct and Markell is looking different, right? I have a hard time believing Markell, who is what, 23, 24 years old was you know the maybe not even that old. 20, look that up for me. 23, 24 years old. I have a hard time of him not like looking around at the situation and being like, you know what, this is my opportunity. To, He'll
2: be 24 in May. End so of this May. is
1: my opportunity to prove that I was worthy of that first pick. Because mm. ever, basically ever since Summer League of his rookie year, he has not been that guy. And he's heard it 5 billion times since then that he's a bust. And mm-hmm. he's looking around at this roster last year, and he's like, you know what, I have an opportunity to be a, play a bigger role on this team. He sees like the three lead guys all get traded away, and he's yeah. got to be thinking, like, all right, I'm going to come back healthy. Mm-hmm. This is my opportunity to really make my mark in the NBA. And Jonathan Isaac, kind of the same thing. Like we, They traded everyone away, and even though they had half-heeled ACLs, or Jonathan Isaac, I don't know, a fifth or eighth ACL healed at the time because it's been so long. Not trying to throw shade, but it has been a long time. But when they got traded, we we're like, this is Markel and J.I.'s team now. That's what everyone said. I don't I don't care who wants to come out and, and argue that they didn't say that. 98% of people were like, okay, it's J.I. and Markel's team now. Cole hadn't made the jump yet. We didn't know what we were getting in the draft, all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like those guys are going to want to come back and be like, no, we're, you know, two of the longest tenured players on this team we're the guys that signed the extensions this team put their faith in and we want to show that they were right to put their faith in us so i definitely think there's a possibility that um like you said if everything is kind of reversed we don't see the fronds that we've seen this year i also think there's a, a chance for him to kind of yeah start to maybe defer a little bit when he comes back and i'm not I, saying that's what i want them to do like i think right, right now every possession the best option is to give fronds the ball Right. Unless you're in a situation where it's like they're clearly going to ISO, then you give Cole the ball. He's the best guy at creating his own shot at the team. Mm-hmm. But in the flow of a game, I want the ball in Franz's hand every single play.
2: Yeah, and what I was going to say was the the ways that I see it kind of being reversed is that I think Franz doesn't turn into this player this soon. And I think Jalen doesn't have, you know, basically the same assist to turnover ratio to start the year here before his injury. I think he doesn't shoot thirty three point five percent from the field. Um, if if there if there's a fully healthy team, I think that, you know, I think it just has the complete opposite effect, and and it, it's crazy to think about. But I also think that the biggest impact that it would have made is that I don't have to watch. Ignis Brasdakis for 16 games and Michael Mulder for 15 games. Um, and I think that that's really the biggest difference is that I think that the team would have a better record solely because you don't have to kind of get the no, in no disrespect, but the, the G leaguers um, to make so many appearances and games to make up for how injured and how this team has been. It's funny because you kind of led this conversation asking
1: about the defensive rating. And I, I kind of thought that is where you were going to go. Um, yeah. So I just started thinking, like, how much better do I think this team, like, really just defensively would be um, if not for the injuries and everything like that, if you have a healthy Markel Fultz and mm-hmm. Jonathan Isaac and, you know, Michael Carter-Williams. So right now, sitting at 25th in the league, the Magic have a, uh, what is it, 112.4 offensive rating. They, they're just four points better than that. They're, like, 15th in the league. right? So, like, I think there's a outside possibility that everyone healthy, the Magic, could be, like, a top 10 defensive rating team, like, the rest of the year. I know they're going to be, you know, slow to bring Markel back and especially J.I., but, like, if those guys get to the point where they're able to play, like, the last 15 games of the year and everyone's healthy... I think like the last 15 games of the year, the magic could like maybe put together like, I don't know, five, six game win streak and be one of the, you know, better, you know, teams in the league in terms of defensive rating. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see on that approach. So one other thing that I wanted to bring up Luke is with this loss tonight to, um, you know, to the wizards, the magic have now lost 10 games in a row, which extends the longest losing streak on the season. They have now lost, what is that, 17 out of their last 19 games, just separated by kind of what we call the the COVID games, you know, at Brooklyn, at Atlanta, both of those teams were just completely decimated by COVID. And we talked about this on the the episode that came out Monday, but if you look at the schedule, it's really hard to point to a game and say like, you know what, we should have a chance to win that game. And like coming up, we were at Charlotte, at Dallas, versus Portland, at Philly, versus the lakers at home home for the bulls home for the clippers home for the pistons home for the mavs then at chicago that's our next 10 games okay yep looking at that the only game that i can point to and be like you know what we should win that or we could win that game is like detroit i'm sure we end up winning one like coming up here in the next couple of games at least i hope But again, there is a a very small chance, but there is an outside chance that this team is going to be looking at a 20 game losing streak.
2: Right. And the other team that I would say that, well, without this recent, the recent game that I'm about to refer to for this team, but I was going to say maybe have a shot at Portland, but Portland just beat Brooklyn with Ben McLemore and Anthony Simons and Robert don't forget, Don't forget Nostia Little, you know, diving at Kyrie's ankles. Oh, just such a dirty play, bro. Such a dirty play. Know. No, and I'm just kidding. It's it's but,
1: unfortunate. He didn't really have a real play on the ball, and, you know, it, it definitely was reckless. Like, we've seen guys make way less dangerous plays and people still get seriously hurt.
2: Yeah, regardless. They beat the Nets, um, so I don't think the Magic could beat them. I mean, maybe if they have an off night, but... Simons if Franz and Cole, you know, all it
1: takes is one
2: game of Cole and Franz getting it back in gear and the Magic have a win.
1: They I can do that against you, anybody.
2: How much I need that in my life. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long this this losing streak goes. Someone tweeted out today, and I forget who it was, um, but basically
1: they had looked at... Um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting who it was. On, it was on Twitter. But mm-hmm. they kind of looked at all of the current like win percentages. And, like, extrapolated that out throughout the rest of the season. At least this is what I'm taking from it. And basically, the Magic could go, like, 20 and 21 the rest of the way and probably still end up with top four lottery odds. That's how bad it's been this season, and that's kind of, like, how far back they are currently. So if John and Jeff's goal is to tank, which we kind of all, like, half-jokingly suspect that is the case, they're doing a damn good job of it. Right now, yep. they are a full three games behind the Detroit Pistons. You know the Magic are in sole position of the worst record in the league. I'm not at the point, Luke, where I'm starting to do like you know the uh, tankathon and you know the the lottery simulator. We've I been down that road. Every I now know and then. how it works out, and I just don't want to. I don't want to go into this worrying about that again this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. I really I, don't. Um, I, I, I want to whole... be pleasantly
1: surprised. I woke up draft lottery day you know back Mm in uh, June or July whenever that was and I was I was 100% positive we were getting the number one
2: pick yeah and obviously it didn't end up that way well yeah no it didn't Um, I had a whole like just rant prepared about the lottery I'm gonna save it what I'm gonna do with this with this time Jonathan um, I'm going to shout out Franz Wagner becoming the first magic rookie forward to record 10 plus assists in a game so, that's uh, your little magic nugget for tonight. I, I I feel like my rant about the lottery might go too long, and I, I'll, I'll save it.
1: Well, we're at fifty minutes here, Luke. I know we had you know maybe planned about talking some NBA stuff. Do you still want to go in that, or, or are you good?
2: Um, I'm probably good. I think this is yeah. a, this has been a
1: thick guys. Grizzlies have won ten episode. games in a row. They're really good. And yeah, I mean, that was that, our piece. It basically is what it is. So yep. go Magic, baby we'll be back with another episode guys on Monday. Um, in between now and then, the Magic are going to take on the Hornets on Friday, and then they are going to take on the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas on Saturday. That game 9:30 Eastern. That's kind of a late one. What do, mm. what do you think happens there, Luke? Are we we mm. fi- if we uh finishing the week uh what what is that? Owen 3? Yeah, probably. Feels like that, right? Yeah, I think so. It's unfortunate. So. Mm-hmm. Hang in there, guys. We are just waiting on the reinforcements at this point. Just try to get through this. You know, team morale, uh, you know, still seems to be okay, but it really feels like that could kind of go out of the window at, at any time. But that's gonna do it for uh, this episode. Hope you guys appreciated it. Uh, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile